Congregation, we deal with Lord's Day 45 this afternoon, Lord's Day 45, the first Lord's Day of the Heidelberg Catechism about prayer. And in Lord's Day 45, we confess the following. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Moreover, God will give his grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask him for these gifts and thank him for them. What belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by him? First, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only who has revealed himself in his word for all he has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery so that we may humble ourselves before God. Third, we must rest on this firm foundation that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord as he has promised us in his word. What has God commanded us to ask of him? All the things we need for body and soul as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord himself taught us. What is the Lord's Prayer? And then follows the Lord's Prayer, as I hope that we all understand it or know it, the Lord's Prayer. Brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls uh, who belong to the Lord, I read last week uh, on the news that uh, the cell phone is uh, 40 years old, cell phone, wireless. Many of us couldn't imagine life without a, a cell phone anymore because they keep you in touch with others at all times. We use them to talk or to text. Nowadays, we have the idea we should always be available to each other everywhere, if we don't have our phone, we don't feel like we're involved in life anymore. People who have to do without their cell phones even get anxious and feel disconnected from others, and that makes them really uneasy. And when, and when you try to contact someone and you don't get an answer, you, you even get irritated. Maybe you, you leave a message on their voicemail or message box, but you... You actually want to communicate with them right away. What's wrong, you ask yourself? They're doing as if I, I don't exist anymore. And you want your answer right away. You have that with prayer, too. You call on God, and then it seems as if there's no answer. Something like voicemail. You leave the message, and now you have to wait for the answer. If you're fortunate, he responds. But if there are but there are many who it seems don't get an answer. They call. God seems not to bother to listen. And then you wonder, does God answer prayer or does he not? And people have different ideas about that. Some say they believe anyway, even if it seems that God doesn't answer prayer. Others say that they're still waiting for God to answer their prayer. And still others say they're not going to bother praying anymore because God doesn't hear anyway. 
Well, Lord's Day 45 can help us understand something about that, I believe, and we'll think about the need for prayer as confessed in answer 116 of this Lord's Day, and then we'll think about the hearing of our prayer as confessed mainly in answer 117. And I proclaim to you the word of God as we confess that here in this Lord's Day, then with this theme, daily contact with God. And we see two things, why prayer is necessary, and secondly, how God hears or answers. First, why uh, we need to pray. Brothers and sisters, how many times a day do you pray? How many? And you, boys and girls, how many times do you pray to God? At meal times, I think that's so kind of standard we all do. Some maybe also first thing in the morning when, when they wake up. Most of you, I'm sure, at night before you go to sleep. We all know that we should pray, right? We talk to God who promised to take care of us. We have contact with him every day. That contact is normal for Christians, right? Sadly, it's not always. We don't pray automatically. We easily forget to pray, in fact. We let it slide so easily. Think of the evening prayer before you go to sleep. How many people don't just drift off to sleep during and even before they, they pray? And young people, you know, in their busy lives, they can find it pretty difficult to make time to pray. Things often have to be done at the last minute, and then it's rush. No time. And therefore, it's good to have specific times to pray like Daniel did. We know that he prayed so many times a day, facing Jerusalem on his knees, his face to the ground. And by the way, that helps too to concentrate on prayer. If you also take a humble position in prayer, like on your knees, the thing is, though, that it's so important to also to set time aside to pray every day. Otherwise, all kinds of things like work and study and social appointments tend to want to take over and leave you no time anymore to have contact with God. And God loves to have daily contact with you. Loves it when you talk to him. After all, you're his child. And how many times doesn't he say in the word, pray, call on me. Prayer is daily contact with God then, and it's good for you. It's necessary. That's what the Bible says. God says in Psalm 50, call on me, talk to me, and tell me what's in your heart. And there's so many examples of people calling on God in the Bible. Many of the Psalms are actually prayers. The Apostle Paul started a lot of his letters with prayer. I thank my God whenever I remember you, he writes near the beginning of his letter to the Philippians. And the Lord Jesus himself is often portrayed in the Gospels in prayer. He couldn't do his work without regular contact with his Father in heaven. We read the prayer of Daniel in Daniel 9. He prayed. 
And if you think about that prayer, it's a remarkable prayer. Daniel wasn't guilty himself of the sins that caused Israel to be led into exile in Babylon. He was maybe 14 or 15 years old when he was brought there. At the time of his prayer, though, he was around 85 years old. But he feels himself part of the people of Israel. Part and parcel of the Old Testament church. And you hear him then in his prayer identifying himself with the sins of the people that caused them to be led into exile. And he confesses Israel's sin to God and he, he beseeches God for forgiveness. Calls on him to remember his promise. For as Daniel had read in the prophecies of Jeremiah, God would let Jerusalem lay desolate for 70 years. And then he would free them again. So Daniel pleads, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. And we see in Daniel's prayer all the elements that belong to prayer. Praise, thanksgiving, petitions, confession of sin, pleading for forgiveness. If you look at that prayer, then you realize that this man had a living relationship with God. He had contact with his God. He had deep reverence and respect for God in his exalted holiness, but at the same time, Daniel also felt free to talk to God of what was in his heart and to remind God of the covenant relationship he had established with Israel and himself. You are the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him. In other words, remember your covenant relationship with us, O God, and your promises to us. See, the thing is with this prayer, if you look at this prayer, then you realize if you, if you love God, you need to talk to him. If you love someone, you talk to them. Imagine if a young man is going out with a young lady and one of them never says anything to the other. That love relationship would die pretty quickly, I'm, I'm sure. Well, the, the Bible often compares the relationship between God and us to the relationship between a man and his wife. If a relationship between a, a husband and a wife is, is good, then they're going to talk about all kinds of things with each other, right? Their hearts are open to each other. Often just small talk, too, like who they met and what they said and so on and so forth. And yet, that's the important thing in their contact, their communication, too, that they talk about everything on their minds and in their hearts. That's the kind of relationship God wants with us. We can tell them what our day was like, what we did, how we felt. He wants to hear that. He wants to hear it. What you enjoyed out of his hand, your birthday, what bothers you, the, the sin that you struggle to overcome. God wants to hear all those things from you. And he listens. And then he wants to take you by the hand and lead you to the light of Jesus Christ. God knows everything already, but, but he wants to hear it from you. How you feel about it. How you reacted to it. Like a parent who knows everything that happened, but still wants to hear their child express it all to their, them as a parent. 
because that's what makes their relationship with their child alive, close, loving. Even if a parent knows it all, they want to hear it. And you actually have a love relationship like that with God. And then you can, first of all, have to think of your baptism. He adopted you in love as his child in Jesus Christ. He promised to take care of you, to forgive you, to guide you. He wants to hear you talk about those things then, to ask for, for him to deal with you according to his promises. He loves to hear his children call on him to do as he promised to do for them in Christ. That shows then, when they call on him, that they trust him and that they love him in turn. And that makes the relationship a two-way thing, a relationship of love from both sides. Imagine that God would only speak to you as he does in his word and that you would never say anything back to him. Would that be a love relationship? Would that be a living relationship with God? You realize there has to be two-way communication. Love is a two-way thing. When you listen carefully to God's word, you also realize that you often grieve God with your sins and sinfulness. Daniel felt that deeply. And how that must have moved God's heart to hear that. And how he gave you a way out of the burden of your sin in his son Jesus. And then you're going to want to ask for his grace and forgiveness in Christ and also for his spirit to renew you as he promised. That's how it's put in answer 116. Ask for the grace of God and for the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. God in love promises forgiveness and renewal. But those things don't just come to us automatically because we're sitting here in church or something like that on Sundays. We, we need to ask our Father in heaven in love. Ask him. And that shows that we depend on him and love him. God loves to hear us ask for his grace and spirit in particular that shows our hearts are set on him and his promises. And then by his grace, he will wash away all your sins. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give the strength to fight against the sins which come back every time again. Your temper or your slothfulness. The Holy Spirit promised at your baptism to renew you daily till you're finally presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. Wonderful promise. Wonderful promise. We hear it every time there's a baptism. In spite of the fact that we still fall so often, the Spirit promises to help us get up again and go on so that we live more and more for God. You want to grow like that, right? You want to grow like that. Well, then God loves it when you ask for the Spirit in your life, and then He gives His Spirit. And when you see some progress in that, He loves it when you give thanks to Him for that. Thank you for letting me get over that sin in my life. Asking and thanking go together. The one belongs with the other, brings out the other. So we need to pray. We need daily contact with God if we have this relationship with God. Pray without ceasing, the Apostle Paul writes. But if you know God's love and love him for his grace, then you don't want to stop praying either, do you? Oh yes, there might be times when you end up in a dark 
pit of despair too. You don't see a way out of your troubles or the, out of the way you feel. You feel so far away from God. And then it can be very difficult to pray. You can hardly express yourself to God anymore. You can't find the words. But you can also tell God that, Lord, I can't find the words. But I put my heart before you. You can tell God that, that it's so deep that you have a hard time saying it. And then you can simply say, Lord, help me. Help. Or you can even ask somebody else to pray for you or, or with you. But that daily contact, you need that. And there can also be times when things are going so good for you that you almost forget to pray then too. That, that can even be a bigger trouble for you. No problems, good income, happy relationships and so on. Everything's going so well. But then we need to pray too. God wants us to call on Him and to thank Him for the good things and the good times. And that can be a problem too that we forget to thank our good God. And that shows that we fall short in our love for Him. And that belongs to a, a living and loving relationship with Him, that prayer. What if a husband or a wife never praised or never thanked the other for good things they do for one another? That wouldn't be good, no. Their love shows in their gratitude for and with one another. And also the same in our relationship with our covenant God then. Daily contact with God in all circumstances and situations. That's so necessary for us in order to stay close to Him in heart and life. Pray daily. That takes work. It takes practice. It takes discipline. But God, we realize God loves to hear you talk to Him. And you want that contact. It's a sign that that love relationship with Him is real for you. And He loves it when we show that we care about Him, that we want Him in our lives, that we seek what He has promised us. And then He answers too. He does answer. And that's our second point this afternoon, how God answers our prayers. How should we pray? In answer 117, the Catechism Congregation gives a nice guideline for prayer that, that pleases God and is heard by Him. Nice little bit of a list, hey? First, second, third. Like a checklist. But the Catechism doesn't intend to give us a kind of checklist here. Like, you know, a list of things you need to take along on your holidays. Make sure you got this and this and this. No, this is, this is not, this is a love relationship. We confess answer 117 as believers who have a relationship with God. This is about a relationship. We talk to God because He has established a relationship with us. This is not about taking the proper steps and doing the right things as such. It's about daily contact with the God who loves us, who has declared His love for us at our baptism already. And we in turn lift our hearts to Him in love then. 
And that's the, the first thing mentioned in answer 117 then too, that we must from the heart call upon the one true God who has revealed himself in his word. From the heart. We have a relationship of love with the triune God who showed his love for us when we were baptized into the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So then when we, we call on him as our Father in heaven and thank him for his fatherly care for us day by day, and we seek his care, we ask him to take care of us and, uh, and also our children to hold us in his eternal hands, especially when we have the feeling that we can't deal with things anymore. We call on our God from the heart to carry us in those almighty hands of his. And we ask for forgiveness of our sins then too. Have you ever considered, congregation, that you can call on the Lord Jesus in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you, God's Son, came into this world to die for my sins on the cross and that you now work at God's right hand to keep me in the redemption you obtained for me and that you send your angels to keep me. Thank you for letting me see farther than this world only, for giving me a glorious hope for the future in you. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Keep me close to you. You can, you can pray to the Lord Jesus like that. Think of the prayer of the martyr Stephen in Acts 7 as the stones rained on him and he was dying. Then he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He prayed to the Lord Jesus. And then we also seek the Spirit to fill us. And have you also considered you can pray to the Holy Spirit? Usually we ask the Father to grant us the strength of the Holy Spirit and to send him into our hearts. But it's not wrong at times to also ask the Spirit himself to work mightily in your heart. Oh, Holy Spirit, give me the strength to stay on the good way of the word. Give me insight and courage to walk in the truth as you promised me at my baptism. That might sound a, a little bit strange that we pray to the Holy Spirit, but think of some of the hymns in the book of praise. Hymn 82, for instance, which we'll, we'll sing after the sermon. Stanza three. O Holy Spirit, precious gift, thou comforter unfailing, from Satan's snare our souls uplift. That's a prayer, prayer to the Holy Spirit. We usually pray to the Father and through him ask for the work of the Son and the Spirit, but it's possible and that can also be enriching to at times pray personally to the Lord Jesus or to the Holy Spirit himself. God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, what a glorious, gracious God we have. Creator, our Creator, our Savior, and our Renewer. This, this God is everything to us. The God who made us his own and promised himself to us. He loves his children more than we know or understand. He watches over us in all our daily activities and travels, and, and you can talk to him about your joys and struggles and fears every day at any time in turn too. 
while walking along looking at his wonderful creation. You can praise him and thank him. You can talk to him when you're busy in the home dealing with your children or when you're frustrated with your job or when you're worried about your exam at school. There are times when we feel so alone and insignificant, but the triune God, he said to you, I love you. And he is always there with that love. And you can have contact with him. And he always hears you. Always hears you. That's the third thing mentioned in answer 117. We must rest on this firm foundation that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord. He will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord. See, we never should have any doubts that God hears us when we pray. We have good, solid reason, a good foundation to believe that He always hears us. Christ died for me. That's what He said at our baptism. Our Father adopts us, and the Spirit cares for us. If we didn't have Christ, though, there'd be a thousand reasons not to talk to God and not to expect Him to hear us. But because of Christ's sacrifice and intercession, we may have confidence to approach God's throne of grace. Confidence, it says in Hebrews. If we come to God with Christ, He cannot turn away our prayer. And He will not. He will hear us as He has promised. Well, sounds all very nice. Some of you might be thinking, but in practice, it quite often works out pretty differently, doesn't it? I prayed over and over again that I might find better and more satisfying work, but it hasn't happened. I'm still stuck with this frustrating uh, job I have. Stuck where I am, unable to get ahead. I prayed over and over that our marriage relationship would get better over time, but it hasn't happened. I prayed so often with tears that God would let my child return to the promises that he received at baptism and worship with me again, but there has been no change, only drifting further and further away. And then the questions also multiply. Is there something wrong with my prayer, with my prayers? Are my prayers maybe not intense enough? Do I need to pray more often? Is my heart not right before God or so? It's not easy, congregation, to find answers to all those questions. And let me say right away, I don't have answers to a lot of those questions either. Don't forget that God has his reasons for doing what he does, which are far, far beyond us. Far beyond us. He sees the big picture of everything, the eternal picture of everything, also of each of our lives. And then he can answer prayer completely differently than we expected or hoped. And you can think of Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers and ended up in Egypt. 
He only saw much later that God had been steering his life in the best possible direction all along. But at the time, he wouldn't have seen that at all, grasped it. He would have been asking, why am I being sold by my brothers? And why am I in slavery now? Why does God not let, now let me be thrown into prison just when things were going kind of decent for me again? And yet, God was working in everything for good. Our understanding of where things are headed with us is pretty limited, narrow. But we don't have to know everything either. We don't need to. We can trust that God will deal with us according to his promises in Christ and that he will work in everything, totally everything, for the good of those who love him. Also, when we have to deal with incredibly sad things or when we end up with problems that never go away, in those things too, we can trust he's working for our benefit and the benefit of others around us. And then because of Christ. And the Holy Spirit will work in that too to bring us farther in our faith and holiness. That working for our good remains even if God works out His promises to us differently than we prayed for or hoped. We may believe that also in that God is working out things for our good, for our salvation. And sometimes you realize God is also testing you to see how serious you are about something you pray for. He wants you to keep asking, and that's not wrong. He doesn't think you're whining if you repeat a request, even for years on end. He doesn't get tired of it. As long as you ask him to do as he promised, like Daniel did. You know, Daniel remembered that God had promised a return to Jerusalem and he pleaded to God to do as he promised. And the amazing thing is that Daniel got an answer right away via an angel, the angel Gabriel. He had just opened his mouth and God already sent Gabriel to answer his prayer. That most likely is not going to happen to us today. But in sending that angel to Daniel... He does show us today, too. He always hears the prayers of his people. He hears them. He's God on high, and we can't understand everything he does. But this we know from the word. He answers prayer in his time, his way, and for our good. And to some, some people hear that, you know, and they figure that might, that's kind of a lame explanation, you know, kind of a cliche thing. It may not satisfy some, but for many it's the real answer to all the difficulties and questions. We can't figure out why God does this and not that. But that he hears and answers our prayers is something we need to and can believe and accept. He does. And if we accept that, then we will find peace and contentment in every situation, as the Apostle Paul did when he wrote his letter to the Philippians. He wrote, he had learned to be full and to go hungry, 
to abound and to suffer and still be content. How could he do that? Because he called on God and he trusted that God was at work for good in all things. He could give it over to God because he had prayed for that. This was God's answer. He could accept that. Sometimes, congregation, God gives insight into the good of something that he did for us years later. God took care and blessed. In spite of missing out on that better job, in spite of the marriage troubles, in spite of the difficulties brought on by a special needs child, but ultimately, all our struggles and difficulties aren't going to be removed by God in this life, and we shouldn't be expecting that either. That's because God wants to keep our hearts set on the perfection which He promised will come in the future. God's Son will return to make all things new. And to keep us hoping in that, all things will not be new here. And in the hope of the future, we may direct our prayers to God's warm heart then, like Daniel did near the end of his prayer too. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God. And if we call on God from the heart like that, then we may believe that God's heart is filled with love by our prayer by our prayer and then he hears and then he answers he works for our good always and in everything and then we can accept that as the truth even if we don't see it and be content <laughs>